Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you in Oilers Now. And we are live in Ice District where a little over an hour ago, Edmonton Oilers uh, Entertainment Group Vice Chair Bob Nicholson uh, put out to uh, everybody that Peter Shirelli will remain on board as a GM. What a difference a year makes. A year ago at this time, uh, the Oilers were opening up a playoff series, and uh, Peter Shirelli and Todd McClellan both would end up being finalists for the GM and Coach of the Year, respectively. Conversely, the New Jersey Devils came in last in the Eastern Conference. Fast forward a year later, I don't know if John Hines is going to end up in the uh, Coach of the Year finalist, only because of the work that uh, Bruce Cassidy and Jared Bednar, who was last in the West last year, and uh, Gerard Gallant did. Uh, and Ray Shiro, obviously GM as well. Uh, they transformed the Devils organization. To talk about that is an Edmontonian who won three Stanley Cups as a player, uh, terrifically honest player, and an honest uh, guy to deal with as well. We welcome back to the show Ken Danico. How you doing, Ken? I'm good, Bob. How are you today? Good. All right, so full disclosure. At the start of the year, I thought the Oilers could win the Stanley Cup. I didn't have New Jersey making the playoffs. <laughs> okay. Uh, as I recall, you you had some confidence as well. You thought Edmonton was going to have a pretty competitive team, right? At the start of the year. Oh, of course. Okay. I mean, from all indications, you would think that, and you always expect the unexpected. That's what's great about the National Hockey League. Not great this year for Edmonton and all their fans, and they may be right back to where they were last year. Certainly, just didn't work out, but that's what transpires at times and what's great for every fan base around the league. All right. You never know. You just never know. All right. So did you, I mean, I, I know you thought the Devils were going to be better, but did you think that they, they could make the playoffs? Well, I, I mean, realistically in September training camp, I knew they were going to be a lot better. And I think I told you that. Yes. And yeah. a lot of people gave them credit for. I certainly liked the direction ratio was going and some of the players he added uh, a lot of respect for coach Hines. you talked about him as well the excellent job that he has done but realistically no did i think it was a, still a year or, or two away possibly yes uh, and they fast-tracked it we've seen many teams do it they uh, had to scratch and claw right till the end and have an excellent record in march and throughout 
April uh, till the end of the season just to get in on game 81. But uh, they found a way. Uh, they were committed from day one, held each other accountable in that dressing room, and, and got a all-star performance and maybe Hart Trophy performance from a star player. And you guys know him well, Taylor Hall. Well, you were a guy when that trade went down and you said, hey, that's not, you know, because, I mean, it was a much criticized trade. And then the first year of the deal, uh, given the Oilers' vast improvement defensively, Larson was a factor. And in fact, Ken, in two years, uh, Larson's plus 31 as an Oiler, double digit plus minus both years. I'd argue this year he was their best defenseman on the balance of the season which perhaps illustrates the challenges Edmonton has because he certainly wasn't offensively dynamic. And conversely, Taylor, by his own admission, had some challenges in his first year in New Jersey. But what a wonderful season this year. I mean, he really did elevate. And down the stretch, every time I watch you guys play, he was awesome. I mean, completely different player to watch on a night-by-night basis, do you think? Yeah, I really think so. He did elevate on a nightly basis, Bob. But what I was impressed with going into training camp, you could see. And again, I, I mean, uh, I'm around it, and you always have high hopes for your team. But I'd said it many times, Taylor Hall's going to be much better this year. He's going to uh, be the player that Ray Shiro traded for last year. Look, he's still tied for the team leading points. That wasn't a heck of a lot because the Devils had a real bad year and didn't have a lot of uh, weapons around him, certainly. So it wasn't bad considering the transition and everything he had to go through and the disappointment of being traded. And I respect that because Taylor Hall wanted to be part of the solution. Obviously, in Edmonton, well, uh, things sometimes transpire and and trades happen. But when he came here this year, he was settled. You could see that Coach Hines and Ray Shiro, the general manager, had talked to him and gave him expectations and wanted him to be a leader of this club and lead the charge and, you know, kind of, it's your team now, along with a youngster, Nico. He's sure obviously getting lucky enough to win the lottery and get number one overall pick. But uh, to, to be to be not only uh, dynamic on the ice, which we knew he was capable of, but to, to really lead the charge and, and listening to him day in, day out, it's all about team. I mean, today before the playoffs, they asked him, how excited are you about your first playoff challenge here? You've never played in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And it was all about, uh, came out of his mouth and it was sincere, was the fact that, and no, it's this group's first chance in the playoffs, and that was the first thing that came out. And, and I love to hear those words because he, he knows he's got to produce to help this team win, but he's really accepting this challenge. And then you know, I, I can't say enough about the way Taylor Hall was professionally on and off the ice and everything he said. Uh, Devils fans certainly are, are excited to have him, and certainly the way he played this year, uh, a Hart Trophy candidate, no question about it. He's, his game has really gone to another level, 200-foot player, He's not trying to do too much. He's maybe not as chaotic with the puck or trying uh, too many things. He takes what's given to him, and yes, he uses that blazing speed and and had a terrific year. Have you ever seen a guy in the last five years be that hot? Like, he had a couple streaks where I'm (laughs) serious. Not here. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, we're we're blessed in Edmonton because we got a guy that, you know, can... You see it every night. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> no, not here. And we've been missing a dynamic player for many, many yeah. years. Obviously, our last playoff appearance was when we had a dynamic player and maybe a couple, and Ilya Kovalchuk and Zach Parisi, and we went to the, no coincidence, went to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2012. Well, that was the last playoff appearance for the New Jersey Devils. And you lose those two guys, and all of a sudden, you're floundering a little bit, and you're rebuilding, retooling, trying to find right pieces. But the big... Uh, the big thing stressed here in training camp was we wanted guys that compete. I know that's 
used loosely and every team says right. it and coaches, but it is so important to Coach Hines and sure when you see it and it's implemented every day. Want guys that are going to repeat on the puck every night, and yes, along with that, you got to have some dynamic players to be successful, and Taylor Hall has brought that. He was consistent all year. But Ray Shiro's added some nice pieces around him. I mean, we've always had Kyle Palmieri. He, he doesn't get a lot of love. This kid is a heart-soul guy that can score goals and typical, prototypical playoff-type players. So they've got some good ones in Zajac doing the defensive stuff and chipping in when he can, and then adding Nico Hesha. But the defense, which not it doesn't have a lot of household names, guys didn't really... You know, a lot of people thought their defense was, was pretty shaky, but they're real mobile. That was the first thing Coach Cooper for the Tampa Bay Lightning talked about. He says, nobody talks much about their defense, but he says they're mobile, and they're, they're one of the rare defenses when we played against That was that was able to keep up with our forwards kind of thing. And, and I think that uh, you got to give Coach Hines, the defensive coach, Lane Nasdrin, a lot of credit for just having them play together as a group. And they added Sammy Botman, who has been excellent. He kind of brought it all together. Well, you got Butcher, you got Botnan, uh, Damon Severson. I mean, they got three guys that can certainly move it from the back end. The biggest surprise for me, Ken, and I did watch New Jersey probably play six year final nine games, the goaltending. Like, because Corey Schneider, I mean, the Oilers, as you know, were all over Schneider when Matt T was the GM back in the 2013 draft uh, that year and, and ultimately wouldn't give up the seven Martin Marincin and a second round pick, and the Canucks <laughs> gave up the number nine, or Devils gave up the number nine to get him. But you've got a goaltending debate going on, don't you, right now? Well, Keith Schneider certainly has uh, wrestled the job away. But Corey Schneider has handled this so professionally. That's just the kind of guy he is. Look, and a lot of it is to do with injury. He's never really – it's a rhythm. You need to find a rhythm. He mm-hmm. hasn't been – he just can't win. He hasn't been terrible, and I have no question in my mind or no doubt Corey Schneider will – will be back uh, next year being the Corey Schneider, or, in fact, if they need him this playoffs, what, whatever it may be. But Keith Kincaid took uh, took uh, uh, the opportunity and made the most of it. He's been terrific. I didn't know he had this in him. Not many people did, I guess, until you prove it and do it. And uh, He was the winningest goaltender in March, and, and the rest of the season in April, he, he got the job done, and, and maybe it was he didn't get the opportunity. He said he wanted to play more, but he's done a terrific job in We'll be getting the start, obviously, tonight to, to open the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Devil, Any team can say it. If your goaltender isn't good, the Devils are uh, no different. They would not have been in the playoffs. He was probably as big a key as anybody uh, outside of Taylor Hall. We're joined by Ken Danico, who, of course, won three Stanley Cups as a New Jersey Devil player, uh, grew up in Edmonton in the south side, played for the Southside Athletic Club, one of the toughest men to have played in the National Hockey League, and, and you're an honest guy. It, was it Mahaltra that caught you with that one that one time? I'm trying to think. Yeah, oh, yeah, you can get hit by anybody, brother. And uh, <laughs> I was told by many New York Ranger people, you know, it's a guy that didn't fight twice a year, but he was big and strong, and he swung a wild one, caught me right in the chin. And, and I laugh about it to this day because, uh, you know, I was an old-school guy, and usually retribution and, and all the Ranger guys, Adam Graves included, told me, you do not know how horrified he was the next few times you guys were going to play. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know what? I gave him credit. He, he caught me. It is what it is. That It happens to the best of you. If you're not prepared, you're going to get belted. I did better against Dave Brown than Manny Mahultra. That's that, all I'll say. That is, that is incredible. <laughs> that is, you know what? But uh, you had to be there. You had to be there to even be in the position to get popped like that. And for those of us that <laughs> lack the speed, talent, agility, coordination, toughness, uh, discipline. I can laugh at myself, and I get ribbed about it. But 
Like I said, anybody can catch anybody on a given day. Oh, yeah. He was a big, strong kid, regardless of yeah. a whole lot of experience from a fighting standpoint. <laughs> yeah, you, you got uh, you got paid. To, the fighting was part of your game. You got paid for it at the NHL level, and, and I paid for it at some bar up in Chetwin, British Columbia, back in the mid-90s. <laughs> Uh, hey, uh, just before I let you go here, so you're playing Tampa Bay. They were really good for about 60 games. They added some bodies. Uh, Vasilevsky struggled a bit down the stretch. They're still a prohibitive favorite in this series. What does New Jersey have to do to win the series, Ken? Well, they feel they can match their speed, and obviously Tampa Bay is a deeper team. They were the best team in the Eastern Conference for a reason, so it's going to be a, take a monumental task, a monumental effort for sure. Uh, Tampa Bay is favored quite heavily for a reason because they're that good. They're they're a team that relies on four lines. Yeah, they got the top dynamic duo of Stamkos and Kucherov, but they've got a lot of guys, and they got probably the best defenseman in my estimation in the National Hockey League, Victor Hedman at the back end that's going to play thirty plus minutes. So, I think for the Devils' standpoint, what they did in the regular season, and I don't take a lot of the regular season. They beat them three times, and they were all tight games. But what they did do is neutralize some of those top guys. They're going to get their chances. They're going to get their points. They were able to keep it to the outside. The line of Travis Zajac, Blake Cole, and Stephen Mason did an excellent job. Not retreating to defend. They played a lot against that line. They won't get the matchup they want here tonight. Certainly will get it at home. But they spend a lot of time in the offensive zone. And What better way to defend a top line? They don't like to be in their own end. And they're going to have to try to do some of that. Those guys are real good cycling. Uh, they're pretty good with the puck and they even chipped in offensively. So they're kind of that mix of shut down but we will play in your own zone and obviously if uh, great players are are playing having to play defense it's not as fun and that's something they're going to have to try to do the goaltending keith kincaid this is new for him the playoffs he's going to have to do more of the same he's matched up against one of the best vasilevsky so it's a tall task bob tall um a tall order for the devils to beat the lightning but they believe they believe in themselves and i think the only good thing about winning some games the regular season is for the young guys if they would have got blown out every night they're coming to the series kind of overwhelmed. But, uh, you know, they believe uh, in boxing analogy that they have a puncher's chance if they, if they can play with, uh, to their identity and, and shut down some of these top guys a little bit and match their speed, which the Devils will turn into a speed team, and they feel they can do that somewhat. Hey, anything can happen. I mean, you know that. You grew up, uh, you credited the Messier family with helping you get to the NHL, and Mark Messier was part of that 81 upset for the Oilers against the Montreal yeah. Canadiens, right? <laughs> Remember that one? Oh, I do. I was a big fan back then, uh, as you know. And I, I was uh, rooting for the Oilers, too. So that uh, you see in the Stanley Cup last, you know. Yeah. There was no, so many times the, the, the bottom seed, when it was 8-1 back in my day, 8 beat ones uh, every other year, it seems. So you always believe you got a chance. That's what makes the Stanley Cup playoffs so special. That It's not so lopsided, even if it says on paper it is, that you can't find a way to win a series. Ken, your approval ratings based on my text line at 630-630 on our Westlock Ford text line at an all-time high. Uh, fans <laughs> love it when you make an appearance on the show. Thanks for joining us on Oilers Now, okay? Uh, my pleasure, Bob. Thanks for having me. And uh, say hello to uh, all my old-time buddies in Edmonton. Uh, I miss it there and hope to get back this summer. All right, that is Ken Danico, the pride of D.S. McKenzie back in the day. Uh, we'll head her off to break. This is Oilers Now.
When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. You can text us on our Westlock Ford text line at 630-630. This one comes in and says, Stuffer, what a jerk you are. You don't read any bad texts regarding our glorious general manager. Jersey success, again, our GM can take credit. Plus, look at the Bruins. They get rid of Shirelli, and boom, they're number one. Uh, regarding the texture, you got part of that right. I am a jerk. Uh, this is Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer with us. Hey, I'm speaking about myself in the third person. Uh, Bob Stauffer with you. Do you want to tell you portions of the show brought to you by World Floor Coverings? Tell them what it's now sent you. Receive two times zero miles reward miles on your flooring purchases at World Floor Coverings, where they know a little about hockey and a lot about flooring. The best pizza in the city still making a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. 48-plus years, Edmonton-owned and operated. Stoffer recommendation of Royal Pizza. Mediterranean chicken. Brendan Ulrich's going to go with the meat lovers at Royal Pizza. Oh, yeah. That meat lovers is good. Second spot now in Sherwood Park. Brand new location in Spruce Grove. I got dining in, to name one location, Mill Woods. Two, this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Looking at going on a river cruise for Europe for 2018. Uh, New West Travel's got great rates on fabulous cruises. May 12th, 2006. We're in April, Brendan. Did you know that? Yes. <laughs> the script says May 12th, 2006. And you know what? Uh, we're in April. So maybe you can have something from the Oilers San Jose series last year, but if we go back to 2006, the Oilers did play San Jose in May. We're, we still are in April, right? I didn't miss a, a month here, did I? Is there a chance no, that happened? That is my bad. Oh, that's that's. I was thinking back to that uh, glorious run. I got a little excited. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we'll have uh, this day in Oilers history for you tomorrow on Oilers Now. Brought to you by New West Travel, who got great travel deals for weddings, honeymoons, and golf packages. Employee corporate. Reward trips, call a friendly staff at New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. All right, Brendan, let's do this. Uh, we wanted to get to what? Uh, what? Which Bob Nicholson clip are you going to grab right now? This is Bob Nicholson on the plan. Really believe in his plan. Over the last number of years, uh, or last number of months, we've been meeting with uh, a lot of our season ticket holders. Uh, there's been anger and disappointment of where we ended up uh, and we certainly understand where they are and we will have a plan coming out here in the near future of how we're going forward. 
Oilers are going to need to build greater depth. Uh, that was an issue when Pete Chiarelli first took the job as the president and general manager of the Edmonton Oilers back on, geez, off the top of my head, not that I would remember, not that it left an indelible impression on my mind, April 24th, 2015. Uh, Peter Chiarelli talked about the fact that the team needed to build greater depth and goal, uh, needed to vastly improve the defense and get some more size up front. Uh, the Oilers went out and got Cam Talbot. Uh, I still think the team needs more depth and goal. I believe they're going to... Uh, I, I put it this way. I don't think it's a fait accompli that Al Montoya will be the backup goaltender. Again, there may be a marketplace as an example with somebody over in Europe. That might be an option uh, or potentially uh, you know, a UFA market in terms of goaltending. In terms of defense, I think the orders are, based on Shirelli's comments yesterday, uh, looking at an option to find a way a right shot, find a way to get a right shot puck-moving D-man. I do think there's a distinct possibility Edmonton tries to get an experienced player to play with Leon Dreisettle. Uh, as for Nugent Hopkins, Shirelli saying yesterday that he uh, uh, is is part of the equation here moving forward, and that doesn't surprise me as somebody that's around the team knowing how selfless of a player Ryan has been, that he's always put the team ahead of him. Now, uh, tonight we got five games on top of the National Hockey League. I know I'm going to be watching uh, a couple of them, and I'm going to have interest in New Jersey-Tampa, and even though the Oilers traded Taylor Hall, I want to see Taylor be successful, and for me, he should win the Hart Trophy ahead of Nate McKinnon this year, based on this separation that he had in points between him and Nico Hischer, as opposed to McKinnon, who had the support of guys like Rantanen and Tyson Berry and Gabriel Landeskog. Uh, you, did you end up finding that clip uh, from Taylor Hall? Let's get to that right now, as the uh, Devils head into that playoff opening game tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think just like everyone, you're excited. Um, you know, you, it's a it's a playoff game. It's a big deal. But in talking to people and, and watching a lot of playoffs um, over the years, it really is. Um, you know, it's still hockey. Um, it's still a team game, and and uh, you know, the play might be a, a bit quicker to start off with, and uh, there'll probably be some more hitting and that kind of thing. But at the same time, um, as a group, we have to focus on what's made us successful all season long, and. And as individuals, you know, what's made you successful all season long. So, um, you know, you try and just let your talent show through. And and, uh, as a group, um, you know, we've done that all season. All right. So we'll see what happens. Uh, This text from John C. says, Bob, you saw last night what the best player in the world does. Combination of leadership, talent, and character. Have a look at his resume. When Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews actually win something, these kids aren't even in the same conversation. Give me a break. That one comes to us from John C. I, I think it's like McDavid or Crosby. I don't think Matthews is this sacrilegious for Maple Leafs fans to hear. I don't think Matthews is in the conversation. It's either Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby, and Sidney's still a fantastic player, and everybody knows it. No disrespect to Sid, Bob, but I think you could have scored a hat-trick against Brian Elliott last night. Yeah, he struggled. (laughs) I was bad. Yeah, this text comes in late out of veteran Alberta. Bob, do you see a trade-up or trade-down scenario at the draft or settling in on one of Ty Smith, Evan Bouchard, or Noah Dobson? Uh, I think Bouchard will go 5-6. I think Smith are sort of Smith and Dobson are in the 8-10 through 10 range. So uh, the Oilers will either draft 1-2-3 or they'll draft 9-12. through 12. Those are the seven options for Edmonton based upon the lottery, which takes place on April 28th. Tomorrow, courtesy of the River Cree Resort and Casino, Elliot Friedman will be joining us on Oilers Now. And we'll have Cooper Marodi out of the Oilers farm team in Bakersfield 
acquiring a deal uh, from the Philadelphia Flyers, a Michigan product. We'll be playing a second AHL game tomorrow night. I'd like to thank again Tom Davies, short notice today, and getting us set up live down at Rogers Place. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. And then tonight, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. So long, everybody.